Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We are back. We, this, is, this is great. Who is we? Well, this is Weekly Game Chat. My name is Sean. This is episode 382 of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, we did take a week off for the Thanksgiving um, holiday. That's a United States holiday. No one else should have celebrated that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but welcome to the show. We appreciate you. Who is we? Well, I'm here with John and Chris, so let's properly introduce those those friends of mine. Um, yeah. Hey, John, snap back to reality. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, rap, 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 rap. Uh, John, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you, man. I love that shirt, too, by the way. That's a God of War shirt. Oh, this old thing? That old thing? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I played this game. Uh, can't, maybe not the other one, but I played this one. You, play, you played that one. The 2018 not, one. Not yeah, the John, rock, the rock. John doesn't yeah. play Sony sequels, just the original. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. He played the Ratchet and Clank Drift Apart one. He did. He played. Still has a, he played. He played, for, he played for, Knack 2. He, he hasn't played uh, Forbidden West. Oh, yeah. As he said, "F that game." <laughs> didn't play Miles no, Morales. I, I I didn't say f that game. Dying Light Two came out around yeah. that time, or something else did. I don't remember, but it was like if you remember earlier in the year, it's like chock full of open world. That was Andrew's game. fault. That's right. And you went Dying Light, and I went Forbidden West, and it's possibly my game of the year. And you don't even like Dying Light Two, so what did I just make stuff? What I just thought, happened? I thought Dying it's, Light came out before. All that it oh. may have, but John played it late or something. Yeah. I don't know. But Chris, we got to introduce you because you're fact checking and throwing out stuff and all these things. How you doing, buddy? It's actually really good work to be here. Um, really I know you had a lot to, to do stuff, so we almost didn't have another show, but it's yeah. probably fine. There's an Probably alternate fun. universe right now where there's not a show <laughs> this week. And it's, <laughs> they it's just zombie. don't know. Yeah, it, it went bad. I guess in the end, I can't be upset because I think technically I'm more powerful now than I've ever been. So Nice. You got to upgrade. You open the new chest, got a new thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a Easter egg for what the show is about. But ladies and gentlemen, we are. If you're just the podcast listener, that's cool. Uh, but you also could add a layer to the experience and see us live on Twitch, twitch.tv weekly game chat. We usually start the recording every Tuesday, somewhere between 530, 545-ish. It just kind of depends. Uh, but we'd love to see you here. We're seeing some names we haven't seen in a while uh, over in chat, and it's good to uh, see every body there. Uh, but what we'll do now, this is the part of the show that we call the intro. And... Uh, we we got some cryptic things and we got a not cryptic thing. So let's start off with a not cryptic thing. That'll be mine. Uh, World Cup Mania is in full effect, ladies and gentlemen. And prior to this show, this is uh, November 29th that we're recording. Um, the U.S. beat Iran in a thriller uh, in the in the group stage of the World Cup in Qatar. And uh, I, I wasn't with. Actually, Chris had stepped away. We were hanging out in Discord. I went berserk. When they scored the goal, we, yeah. the U.S. ended up winning one to zero. Uh, and our friend Josh was like, "Hey, are you all right?" Because <laughs> I I shot up. I went I went berserk at that one at the end of the half. That then they BS oh, out yeah. of uh, it being offsides. I was like, offsides, BS. barely. Yeah, BS, barely. But it was it was great. Uh, this game kind of encapsulated everything that is awesome about the World Cup to me. Mm-hmm. I understand. I live in a country where soccer. Uh, You know, it's not as popular as it is in the rest of the world. I I say a lot that the rest of the world, soccer or football, as they call it, is the sport. You know, but we in America have things like baseball, basketball, 
in our version of football that kind of take the cake, and especially on a pro and a collegiate level with football. But there's something about the World Cup. I think the Harry Potter fan in me with the Quidditch and the Quidditch Cup. I remember probably around 2000 and I want to say six or 10, somewhere around there really hooked me. And since then, I've been just I watch the English Premier League now. I watch all of the soccer that I can. I know world players names. And then, of course, the World Cup is going now. Uh, and it's it's also very cool because it normally does not go now. It normally happens in the summer of whatever year it happens in. And ladies and gentlemen, if you look at your calendars, we're at the end of November. We're going to be into December before it's over. So it's like an extra holiday treat for me. Um, and it's because they're in Qatar and that's like a desert and it's 4,000 degrees during the day. So <laughs> there's that. But it's fun because Chris is watching me. We got the World Cup fever for the USA. My secondary team, by the way, uh, just in case I post anything on social media or, or you see the previous posts, is Germany. I have family, my grandma, my, na- my nana. She, uh, you know, she was German and and my grandpa was an Ohioan and they met back in the day. So I always pull for Germany second. But yeah, you, and I don't you th- know Chris is a British citizen. He I'm is. Oh, he is his, my second. His, my second team is England in this. Yeah. The other day he was like, I don't know what to do. It's a good game. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris also has somebody that played in Wimbledon, which is pretty cool. That's a cool fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's legit. Wimbledon's legit, John. That's a tennis tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of it. Heard, heard of, of it. it a couple times. Yeah, but I will say this, if the U.S. would have uh, lost today, they had to win. They could not draw or lose. They had to win, and they won. Otherwise, they would have found themselves one way out on the way back home. Do you see how I did that? That's a pro move you don't even know I did. Ain't that right, Chris? You don't even know. You don't even know, bro. Do you know who also had only one way out? The you game do. you and I played together? No. <laughs> that would be uh, a way out. Certain, certain people uh, in episode 10 of Andor, which I spent the end of last week finally binging, and I'm going to go on record. That is the best Star Wars thing That's a, I've Isn't seen. it good? Like, since Disney bought it. That's my favorite thing they've done. Easily. Nice. Easily, I I, uh, I can't counter. Uh, I kind of agree. Yeah, I mean that's like when I was watching, I was like, "This is what I like here." I don't. I know one character in the show going in, basically, right? There's one, and I know where his fate goes. I know where we're going with him. Well, I guess two, technically two, right? The rest of them, original characters, and you're not writing to make them tie in other ten million other things. You're just writing towards um arcs right and that's kind of what that season is it's like it's basically three self-contained arcs that go on uh and each one is really well realized uh you know i think old uh what's his name stellan sarsgaard's character luthan yeah i think that might be one of the best characters made in star wars it was he's, like, he's, he's pretty awesome yeah and there's some there's some theories coming about about how uh what he is Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just say that I don't want to really spoil it because I know some people are gonna kind of do like you did and and binge it. But it is wasn't yeah. it good. I wish I, I wish I had known sooner because like uh, Josh, friend of the show, has been trying to get me Who? to watch it. <laughs> and when I started, I got done with the first episode and I saw it was made by Tony Gilroy. I was like, what? And once I knew that, that that kind of just hyped me in because he's a very good, good. writer. And yeah, you know, and if you're if you this is one of your first times listening to the show. 
Chris is all about that. He knows names and stuff. We're going to joke with him. If you ever hear us, it's all in fun. We say a thing called name drop. That was kind of a name drop. But, you know, Chris knows writers. He knows directors. He knows these things. And there are certain ones he knows their previous work. And if I would have known that you knew who Tony Gilroy was, I would have told you. Yeah. I didn't even realize that he was the writer for Rogue One as well. So yeah, he didn't direct that, but he wrote. He was a writer, yeah, yeah. That's really cool that tie-in because that again, Mm -hmm. a lot of people when they talk about Rogue One, they talk about it being really what the the franchise needed—a standalone movie that that really kind of had some awesome sauce in it. Maybe didn't get the most people watching it, but the diehards for sure did. Uh, So yeah, man, that is. (laughs) I'm so happy you watched it. We could have talked about it before, right now, but now we kind of can't. Well, me and Josh talked about it, and I was like, uh, "So well, yes, your best friend is fine. Don't worry about it." Well, you were, was, you know, you were elsewhere. I, I, I've been MIA. Yeah, I've been, I've been. Uh, it's been great, ladies and gentlemen. I've taken off work. I've accumulated so much time off that I took two weeks for Thanksgiving off. I got to mm-hmm. go back to work for two weeks, but then I get the rest of the year off. So stuff like that doesn't happen a lot. So that's cool. Uh, but John, uh, if you were a boss and you had to die would you want to die like a boss or well i I just i need to be look on weekly game chat we are very transparent we're upfront with our audience we don't lie to our 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 folks speak for yourself um i lie to these people every week yeah (laughs) so So started uh, start of got started God of War got sidetracked because of Sean whining about wanting to cover a game <laughs> and never went back to it and for some reason I fell mm-hmm. down a I fell down a rabbit hole known as Darksiders three yeah, I such knew a, it such, I a, saw such that. a hard hole to fall down right for John again was, that's one of those if you know John we had to really push him to go down that hole no no it was like one of those things where like you know I've got the Xbox Series X now and I'm wondering how things sometimes I go to I turn on a game to see how it runs on the Xbox Series X to see if it's you know you know it gets that frame rate boost um and I was like oh let's see what's going on with this oh look at this game this is I remember this game Oh, what's over here? Oh, what's over here? And I don't know. I, I I mean, I think I saw something on Discord saying that Chris had gone back to Witcher 3, but we'll just leave that Cyberpunk alone. 2077. That was after I got yeah. my platinum. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. How but how is that running, what by is, the way? Just what, re- is, what is uh what is the platinum ranking for God of War Ragnarok? Probably a two out of ten. Nice job, Chris. Oh, so, you're saying the difficulty oh, ranking. Oh, wait, oh. wait, wait. So does anyone else? Anyone oh, else? does anybody anyone else here? One out of three here? have it, John. I'm yeah. just so, wow. so I'm playing I'm playing the I'm playing the <laughs> DLC. Darksiders 3 has a DLC that I almost finished last time I was playing it. And the reason you play this DLC is you get after the end of it, you get you get this new suit of armor called the, the Abyssal Armor. And that doesn't sound, that sounds BA, the abyssal armor. Mm. And just a fun fact, every game from one to Tennessee, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about this, that that, this week, (laughs) everybody has their own version of an abyssal armor. But in order to do that, you have to, you have to, you have to finish this DLC. And the final boss of this DLC is just this beefy dark souls type of 
boss. He's he, the, the, the type of hard boss that's not in. I mean, the game is hard, mm-hmm. um, but there's not a single boss in the regular game that's harder than this guy. He's just a beast. He is a monster. And I I tried to fight him. I tried to beat him two nights ago. I I worked on beating him last night last night. Took me about a half hour. And he has like these three phases. And the first phase, you know, at first and second phase, I was I was managing to get through without any damage. And then I finally get to the third phase and he just completely unleashes hell on you. And so I got him. I was I was actually getting to a point where I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna do it. And we both hit each other at the same time and kill each other. <laughs> you can see, you can see him on screen dying and me on screen dying. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced something like this, but as soon as it happened, I went, oh no. And then the trophy popped. Oh, or, I, should say, I should say the achievement popped. And I'm like, wait, I got the achievement, but I died. And so I went over back over and talked to Vulgrim. He's like the shopkeeper. And he gives me <laughs> the abyssal armor. But I was just, I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys, where you die killing a boss and receive the benefits for killing the boss. I've gone. I can't, I can't think of another game where that's ever happened to me. It blew my mind. So now Darksiders 3 is the greatest game of all time. Hmm. Next to Vampire. It's surpassing Breath of the Wild, buddy? Yeah. What? what what's Breath I of the thought, Wild? Oh, ho, ho, ho. he came out throwing pot shots. I don't even know who Zelda is anymore. Who is John? Is this John 2? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, was, uh, I was with my niece last week, and she's 13. Wait, you have a niece? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 13 and she was like uh she saw me playing Breath, Breath Breath of the Wild and she was like so you don't have this and you don't have this and she's like give me your switch. <laughs> what didn't you have? I mean it's I, all this Everything. gear all I mean she's like crazy good when it comes to playing Breath of the Wild maybe not from a combat perspective but she has this she has this brain with that remembers everything you can it's get in youth, a game. John. That's a that's a <laughs> it's called <laughs> youth. <he said. laughs> oh my god, that's funny. No, and she could probably platinum a game that's uh, seven out of ten. Mm. But um, you know, it, it's just she has this brain that just sort of it's like indexes everything that you can find, you know, you go into a game, even, I mean, I'm sorry, maybe you guys were different, but at 13, I couldn't go into a game like that and remember where everything was. Couldn't do it. I don't remember. I'm too far away from 13 to remember what I was like. I know I played a lot of sports games. I can't even remember being 13. I can't either. Honestly, Uh, it's crazy how far away we get from that uh, Hmm. and whatnot. But But, uh, I swear, I swear, Sean. So Darksiders 1, 2, and 3. The first one is Wrath. You play as, I'm sorry, you play as War. Second one, you play as Death. And then the f- a third one, you play as Fury. The fourth one has not come out yet, but they need to just call it Darksiders Tennessee. And it takes place in an apocalyptic Tennessee. <laughs> It'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, wow. <laughs> Mike, I'll let you, I'll let you look at chat. 
because I think you just you spark one of our listeners. <laughs> if you were to do it on the story difficulty to get the Ragnarok uh, Platinum Trophy, trophy it is a four out of ten of difficulty, but it goes up. I guess he's saying with each one. I did it on regular, so. Yeah, I did it where it was a balance. Or well, I haven't got a. And I can tell you the, I'll tell you both right now. The last thing you have to beat to get that thing, you are going to rage. You are going to rage a lot. I wonder if Mike raged because I know he got a platinum <laughs> oh, too. Well, we, well, Chris, we talked it. Neither neither Sean or I sat around going. I wonder if Chris is going to go for the platinum God of War. Mm-hmm. True. We already knew. True. That. True. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and are you guys good? Are we good to to be back together? Does it feel like old times? Yeah, yeah. Just, just nothing. Listeners, you didn't see the visuals. They could care less about being back together. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I wonder if it's gonna be any different. I'm like, no, there's the John Snark. There it is. It's, it's the pot shots. It's the whatevers. But this has been the uh, intro. Check, check the tape. Check Chris. The t- Chris started it. <laughs> Did Chris start the pot? Oh, I, yeah, was I was here. Talking, I look, no, no, no. I was talking about playing Dark Siders three, and Chris goes, "I platinum got a war and you're like, <laughs> oh, well, no, you said, yeah, you said, no, 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 no. You said, let's get this right. You said, uh, you said <laughs> I was doing this. I was like, I thought it was okay because wasn't Chris playing Witcher three? And I said, I corrected you. You said it was Cyberpunk. No, I was, I was, I, said, I was. That was a that was an attempt to relate to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. That we both that I thought that we both went down rabbit holes. Cause I, I mean, it was on discord. You said it on discord, right? Yeah. Witcher three. No. That's, that's all I was saying to you. I thought I was trying to relate to my boy. Mm-hmm. Why does it feel like it's so late right now? Why does it feel like Sean's Dr. Phil? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I wish I had a Dr. Phil quirk to say right now. I don't know. But ladies and gentlemen, before the show is disbanded forever, this has been the intro of, of episode 382. Uh, we appreciate you so much for listening. And the next time you hear us, we'll be, uh, we'll be rolling up in a topic time land. Ladies and gentlemen, we have done it. We have made it to the topic time of episode 382. And this is great. Whether or not you scrolled through the time marker on your device to get directly to here, or if you sat through the intro portion of the show, either way, we thank you so much. And what I'm going to do now is be quiet, a.k.a. shut up, so Chris can properly introduce this week's topic. The topic is... Remember that one time? It was it was a while back when I was like, I'm not ready for the next God of War. I don't know why everybody's so excited about it. Blah 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 blah. No, blah. Me? I said that. Right. I did that. No, Ooh, John did it a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, John, you might do it a little bit too, but no, I just assumed it would get like a like a mid 80s to upper 80s Metacritic score. I it was one of those. The first game was one that I played, so I didn't platinum it, but I played it so much. 
that I was just still not ready to get the next adventure going. And uh, little did we know that we were going to wait till 2022 to get the next game, but it worked out pretty good. Uh, and you have a, ladies and gentlemen, you have a unique perspective. Uh, I love when this comes together, and I think the boys do too, uh, where we all have played the game, different parts of it, but we all have a taste of what it is. Um, Chris has completed the game. He's also platinum it. Uh, we were talking during our break. John thinks he's about four to six hours in, maybe-ish. Something like that. And they told me, based on where I'm at, I felt like I've played for two weeks. Um, but they said I still, if I if I hammered in story, I still got 10 hours to go. And I've done so much in the story. It's, I'm excited about it. I think you're going to hear that Chris and John are excited about it, I think. Um, uh, but be ready for John to bring Darksiders talk in. I don't know why. I think it's his favorite game ever, which is just funny. But... Yeah, boys, where do you want to start? Like, where do we want to set this whole scenario up? And let's just let's get to it, huh? It's pretty good. It's um, you know what, boys? It's freaking <laughs> news. <laughs> um, so we were kind of getting ready for the show, and John John let me know that it was a direct sequel to the first game. Like almost <laughs> immediately. <laughs> And, and and if you if you know anything about that first game, which we just we were probably what guys call it God of War 2018. Is that how we is yeah. that the right way to do it? Yeah. You don't so want to get mi- used with the original God of War, the um, superior like, series. No. <laughs> Bot shot McGee. I loved it. Uh, don't take me seriously today. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. in a great mood and I love it. It's because we haven't seen each other in so long. You don't make out. But anyway, we had to wait. <laughs> Uh, until November of 2022 to get this game. And it did release on PlayStation, of course. That will be PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, and it kind of it, it picked up right where it left off. And it is a beautiful game. And I was anxious to kind of get into it and see what changed. You know, what this whole idea of what Ragnarok, how they were going to tie that in. If you know anything about the lore, you kind of understand what that is going into it. But uh, part of me was kind of thinking... It was going to be a, a exactly, you know, like an exact copy and paste story wise of the last game. No. Boy, was I, boy, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Chris, you're shaking your head. Why don't you chime in on that and kind of get us going on where we're at in the story and stuff yeah. like that? I mean, the first the first game story is basically a journey of a father and son and trying to. Find that common bond. Right. Like, was that bond between them? And they have a they have a very singular objective. Right. We're going to a point, whatever happens on the way, how it affects us. That's the surprise of it. And it doesn't really stray from that path that much, uh, throughout the journey. And here the question is much larger, right? Like what is Atreus's path forward? What is Kratos's path forward? Like you could tell they don't spend a lot of time on this idea of like, we're the whole entire last game. He's referring to him as boy, right? And there's not a lot of trust in Atreus. There's not like, well, we have to build up to hit trust in this. Like you get from the, the start of this game where he's over there cutting, uh, you know, an arrow for Atreus and Atreus is walking back with a, with a deer on his shoulder, right? Within 10 minutes, you kind of realize, okay, there's been a lot of growth that you did not see for the last couple of years between these two. And they are much more of a single entity, a father and son together in tandem 
And it's just more so now, like, where are they both heading towards? Uh, and even dealing with the bigger sense of, even though this cycle has been teased to them at the end of the last game, or at least to, to, to Kratos at the end of the last game without saying too much, I'll let you discover that. Can you break it? Like, what, what does it mean to break the cycle? Can you change? Can you be someone different? You know, are, you, are we predetermined to be who we are? You know, it's is basically what Kratos said to Atreus at the end of the last game. We must be better. Is that actually possible? Like, that's a lot of what's going on in this game. And I think it's, it's, it's a very different journey where it's like instead of just knowing we're going to this one place and it's just how do we get there, it's a lot of we're going off and doing various things and it's kind of an epic, right? Where you don't know where we're going next and you don't know exactly what's coming next, but every surprise can be very shocking and, and just like kind of go like, oh, that's cool. And, and you know, it draws you in a little bit more. Yeah, I, I've actually out loud said that's cool a lot in my yeah. mind. There's been so much epicness already. The epicness, uh, it, the epicness is, is in full effect. It's kind of cool also to see the same kind of the cast of characters that we had before. But we also kind of we have some layered additions that I think add some really good. Um, I'm going to say dialogue. But what I mean by that is also like story. They're they're filling in these gaps and yeah. And things of that nature. And and it's kind of cool to see how that's developing. I don't know where it's going to go. Chris does. Uh, but I hope it does have a decent payoff, uh, you know, at the end or what have you. Uh, as far as the combat and things, do you guys feel like anything changed? Um, a lot of people kind of know what you're getting into from a God of War perspective, right? For me, with the three or four hours I'm into it, um, I don't notice much difference with the combat. It's 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 kind of like this let's let's do the tried and true what was and what what is by anybody's measure in the original game a phenomenal combat system i mean the leviathan axe was something completely revolutionary i'd never experienced anything like it my question for you guys is are you other than the heavy and light attacks are you guys do you how do you guys approach combat are you taking advantage of the combo systems that yes Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, because it seems to me it's like you can, and I don't, I don't even, I'm not saying this is a knock to the game or a credit to the game. It's probably both depending on who, you know, how you approach it. But it seems like you, you, you can get the job done with just the basic attacks. I mean, as long as you're good with avoiding hits and dodges and blocks and all that, you can get, you can get the, you can get the job done without utilizing the special combat system so, that it gives you. So imagine this is going to be my best way to describe that. So imagine and I'm going to bring an ax into this. I don't even know why I don't mean to do it like that, but so there's a tree. You right have my ax. <laughs> so there's a tree sitting in and front my of you. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you have an ax that you could cut this tree down with and it would get the job done. But right over there, right next to you is a chainsaw, right? <laughs> that chainsaw represents these combos you could be using that makes that, cutting down that tree a lot easier we know how you feel about chainsaws yeah chainsaw fight but yeah the once and, and the way the game weaves in what the new way to kind of channel those abilities into it's perfect um it even it, it even if you remember last game uh and this is not going to be spoilery we did do a spoiler cast on it it was from 2018 but uh chris mentioned that in that previous game atreus was known as boy and what I remember a lot about that game is him kind of flipping out, doing crazy stuff. A little bit of control that I had over him was nothing. I, I don't feel like it was like I got now. Maybe it was. 
this just feels additionally layered uh, and, and stuff like that where there's like, I don't know, he does days. Atreus is now just kind of amazing to me. He's, he might be becoming my favorite character, if you will. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, to kind of answer your question more directly, and I'll let Chris say it too, it, I feel like you're fighting. Yes, you can do it with just the Chains of Domination or the Leviathan Axe if you want to. Uh, but you're missing out on on you know a lot of ease of of gameplay if you don't incorporate the other stuff. Chris? Yeah, um, I think one of the things that they kind of hide from you and it's not a benefit to them, like there have been a lot of people talked about the menu systems being convoluted and this is one of them. As you unlock those abilities, you unlock these challenges. And if you go through and use an ability a certain amount to eventually get through the gold challenge, you then get bonuses on top of it. So like sounds like a perk system. Yeah. So it's like yeah. after a while, it really benefits you to consistently go back before the axe and the uh and the blades as much as possible using different things so that you can build up all these different challenges because you know then you can start to be like okay for these attacks that i'm using with the blades i want them to put more you know kind of uh what's the word runic type damage on them right and then when i hit them with this attack i want it to be a power damage and then you combine it even further with the armor this time because it's very much more rpg and if you remember one of the problems people had with the last game was that armor sets you could only level to a certain level so if there was a set of skills and abilities in there that you liked you eventually would have to let go for something else because it could only go up to six and of course if you wanted to do the end game stuff you need to get up to seven and eight here everything can be leveled to nine so because of that you could start going what do i like to do what kind of armor sets have i gotten and also once you eventually get the amulet and start slotting in enchantments you could just, if you're learning all these systems, you become a, I mean, you truly become a god. Of just like <laughs> no opportunity. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Like opportunity. And, you know, there's stuff here I've even told you that you would get to that even builds it out even more. You know, so do I think it's as good as, say, the combat system of, I don't know, Elden Ring? No, but that's also one that is different inherently, right? But like for something that is based off of here is a bunch of set skills and combos <clears throat> you can go together. It really does work very well. The only time I don't appreciate it is they made this big thing for this one about how there was going to be a lot more environmental type damages and stuff like that. There's not, that really didn't come out the way I thought it was, right? Like, it's where, like if they were like, there's going to be 200% more. There yeah, was like, two more. They made the it point went from yeah, zero to two. Yeah. Like, there's like, <laughs> Basically, you have these people, and like all of a sudden, as you're attacking, you'll see this kind of secondary bark over their health line, and it it's like an indicator. Oh, well, if it's a red bar that went over them, that means I need to use the frost axe so that you know it will take down that shield, basically, you know. And that's really all it ever ended up being, outside of I guess. Yeah. There are some enemies who have poison, and there's a certain new type of enemy that has uh without saying the word it, it just it does a special type of damage that's kind of the equivalent of bloodborne where when you get hit you see what your potential loss is if you don't start doing damage to them back yeah but that's like, a cool thing yeah. yeah there's there's not like to me i thought there was going to be a lot more variety in love having to think about it and really that was kind of 
that was kind of it. It was just more of like, oh, okay, they got that barrier up. And once you know what the counter is, you just go switch, duh, 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 go away, go back to whatever the heck I was doing. So, you know, that's maybe the one part of the combat I didn't like. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've really, in, even before the show, I ran into this particular mob and it was kind of working me. Mm. And I didn't get it normally as mad as I normally did. Uh, I, I got more mad, if you will, at Chris and, and our friend Mike because I felt like they were coming at me. Uh, like when you call your internet provider and they ask you if you've reset the router, but they were not, they were trying to help me. Um, cause they wanted to kind of see where I was at. They were going to give me some advice, but I ended up beating this thing. But combat is once you kind of get flowing with it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you get your play style. It's pretty cool. Um, I won't lie on that, but I laughed John because at one point in the game, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I think you said something about being in a boat again or something like that. Or what's a God of war game without a boat. You said something to that effect. And uh, yeah, we're in a boat again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I mean, it's it's funny the the boat thing kind of. I, I think the original. I think God of War twenty eighteen was so unique and came out of nowhere and, and surprised everybody in what it did. It, you know, I, I jokingly, uh, Chris, you might have already heard. You might have heard me because you might have had the headset on, but I called it. Yeah, you know it's it's like the Sony's per, uh, propensity for the sad dad simulator with The Last of Us and and the God of War games. It's like let's have this guy, let's have this companion, let that, let's have this guy have some sort of inner hurt and conflict and go around fighting things. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like, it, it, but but at the time in 2018, what it was doing with Kratos as a character was so novel that you almost kind of put everything aside and overlooked. It's like. It's like it's doing the whole thing where it doesn't cut the scene, but is that novel anymore? Is that is that cool anymore? It's like, and the, and and from this rationale, you realize you did this in 2018, but I'm playing it, I'm playing this new one, and I'm going, okay, I'm going around trying to get through these barriers and things like that, trying to go around my butt to get to my elbow, when in fact I am the god of war. I can simply just take this barrier, rip it to shreds, <laughs> sure. get back in my canoe, canoe and just go just yeah. go my merry little way. And I know all games have that logic thing that mm. you have to sort of put aside. But to me, guys, I, and I'm waiting, I'm going, I'm going to continue with this game. Don't worry. I'm going to get this <laughs> one in um, because I'm curious to see what everyone seems to see. Yeah. In this game, maybe it just completely blows your mind with the story. Maybe just it completely blows your mind with the absolute scope of it all. But when push comes to shove for me, it's just, I I'm just seeing all this stuff I played in 2018 and it almost seems like the most expensive DLC I've ever seen in my life. That's early on. I can, I almost can see why you, I want you to understand this is not my final opinion. These are my impressions as I'm playing it. Mm. It's like, you know, when I, one of the things I joked about in God of war 2018 was the fast travel system. Yeah. You you can tell that this is still that you could tell this is, this is still that PS4 game because as you're going through that portal, that Mm. fast travel portal, you still have to wait for 10 lines to be said before a door appears. It's like you counted the lines. I'm no. just, you know, I was like, dude, if that's 10 for real, that's amazing. Just, it's He's like, right. it's like, you've got this, you've got this fast processor, mm. but you still have to wait so long you, because you, the PS4, even you can see that the PS4 has gated this game 
as it has done for many of the of, of the first party games. But I didn't look at it like that. But it's one of those but things. Your perspective is, yeah, I respect your perspective. You, Sorry, you see it more so like you you understand what they're doing, like where it does work twofold, right? On one hand, it is helping the PS4 get along, right? When you're doing those fast travel moments. At the other hand, it's also giving you some interesting story and good dialogue, yes. right? The funny thing is then when you get to the later part of the game and, you know, dialogue has kind of been more so played out your conversations and you're just doing tasks. Then it's like you go through the door and pretty much you take four steps and boom, there's the door to the uh, new place if you're on PS5. And I imagine that's not the case if you're on mm. a PS4 or a PS4 Pro. So, yeah. and John, I want to also say, and this is for anybody that's listening to that maybe is kind of early on, I feel like it, like Kratos's wall, if you will, mm. almost the non-existence of this other time when he was a god of war with the Zeus's and things like that, that veil comes down at certain points in this game that I don't remember it coming down in the first game. I'm sorry. Um, can you be more, what veil? It's a, it's a hypothetical veil where he would like not really talk about the past. It hurt too much. Oh, I see. So, okay. All that stuff, the things that he did and he, in this game, he, I feel like that's more, prevalent than the first game it has been a while since i played 2018 and i thought that was very cool because that was giving you part of a kratos kratos <laughs> that you didn't get in the first game it was a lot more of the boy and the controlling father yeah, figure yeah and look don't i i, I, I know top five moments in games of all time is kratos going home to get his blades That's that amazing. thing was epic i, I was getting chills <laughs> yeah. at that moment I mean, I'm yeah. sure even Chris was getting chills in that moment for going back for a time where he thought Kratos was very uninteresting in one dimensional. <laughs> well, <laughs> well one, one crazy... Re- All right, so one thing that really touches me, and I don't know if it's because I'm a dad, is the, the way the story between Atreus and Kratos has kind of taken a turn. And, and he, it almost feels like Atreus in this version of the game in Ragnarok, he's more of like this teen preteen kind of mindset and and no one listens to me and I want to make myself I got to prove myself and all and this really angst towards your parents kind of phase and I'm relating to that because currently I've got a, a you know a, a daughter it's not a boy but she's preteen everything's she thinks she knows everything sometimes and this this is constant struggle to be like look I I want girl I want to show, I want to show you the world girl. I want to, you know, show you, and I, I'm not just, I don't just know everything, but I want to help you. And it just so happens I wasn't a previous God in another time, you know, uh, f- to lean on. He feels <laughs> there are consequences like, uh, to killing a God. Exactly. <laughs> he feels like in this one, he's the, um, he's the kid that's in his senior year of high school. And it's yes, like, that's a good, yeah. He's like, you know, trying to get through. You know, you, you have, it's the classic conflict. You have the dad who wants to make sure that his son doesn't make the same mistakes that he made. Right. So that he can be a better person and and, have a better opportunity maybe than he was ever afforded to. Right. And of course, for someone like Kratos, it's like you could actually live a life where all you do is give back and, and, you know, do the right thing and don't act in a, you know, terrible way. Whereas me, I lived my youth basically 
murdering people and <laughs> as a god no one ever and also being me. tricked to, yeah, to murder yeah, an entire exactly. town where my family was in so. exactly like yeah whereas when i became a god no one worshipped me for my good deeds they just feared me for the things i had done uh, but, but, <laughs> but i gotta say though the, uh this is oh, to, on, you got, uh, sorry yeah. go ahead chris on the flip side to it then you also have atreus who's like look you've taught me well you need to trust me to be able yeah. to take the next step out here on my own where you might not be there with me at every step of the way, but know that you're like still here, right? You're still, I'm gesturing to my heart here, you know, like for those who are not watching the stream, Hey, twitch.tv slash weekly game chat. Um, but you know, that, that seems like the, the story here, like versus the last game was, you know, the, the son is basically, can you actually just see me as a person, right? As your son, as opposed to this word boy and just, you know, you're the son of my, my dead wife, which is the only person he seemed like he was seeing at that point. Yeah. And world. all that was said real good. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it's probably but, fine. <laughs> going back to what John was saying earlier, the thing I think that does separate this from that this one does well versus the first one you know like the first one really the open the openness of it i would say overwhelmingly was tied just to midgard right um you know with the lake of nine and exploring that and the lake of nine is still here in a different way but what they do very well with this one i think is like you'll go through one of these realms whether you've been there before or not and you'll go through and it will feel like a chunky linear path. But then once you're done with everything, all of a sudden it will open up and expand and transform in a way you didn't see it before. Yeah, it's really cool how they and do it, that. And it can do it multiple times without saying too much. Like, I'll let you discover these things for yourselves. But, like, it's it's impressive. Like, there are times you're like, okay, I've seen everything here. Oh, no, I haven't. And then you're like, okay, well, a couple hours later. Well, now I surely, nope. <laughs> you know, and there's a, I also there's a like, lot of that. I also like when you do go to different places, uh, how mm. Atreus or Kratos will kind of mention we were here before, or yeah. if they visit a place, they recognize it. Um, and also like the other characters. So like I have this tendency to go loot everything that I see. Mm-hmm. And they make really funny comments about how much I go get every treasure I see. It's it's stuff like that that I don't remember from the first game. If you think about dialogue in the first game, you maybe think about the comedy relief that maybe Mimir brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's more avenues for that kind of stuff, and it fits really, really well. Uh, I, one of my gripes that I did have so far through my playthrough was very recent. Um, I do feel like the places, if you do go back to the places in this world that you've been to before, that you really shouldn't have to, I don't know, uh, rediscover the things you previously discovered. Um, and there's one area particularly where last game you spent a lot of time at. And uh, now I'm back at this place and I'm like, I don't understand. It's because so, you It's because you did a Captain America and went and put everything back when you were done. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, they did add so going around these places they did add different traversing yeah there's the boat but there's also versions of dogs pulling a sled type situation which chris gave me a really good like uh gears of war type vibes with the way they were doing the sail thing or whatever yeah um i kind of really really appreciated it 
Uh, and John, back to your fast travel. I don't. I, I've never really looked at it that way. I got to bring that back up because I, I think I think you're going to see that there is a lot of dialogue that you kind of need to complete the next step in the adventure of your story. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why and, I haven't looked at it quite like you have. And perhaps. And you, and you have to have that conversation inside that portal, otherwise. It's pointless. Well, it just flows. I don't know how to explain it. It just yeah, I, I haven't noticed that it didn't fit. I would actually prefer oh, it. Oh, I noticed I noticed it immediately. I'm like, here we go. I will say I oh, prefer it that's to pretty that. good though. I'd prefer those conversations to happen in something like that where they are uninterrupted versus like when you're more so getting the fables and such when you're on a boat or you're on the uh, sled and all of a sudden you get to a thing and he goes, okay, we'll resume this later. I mean, I would rather those dialogue parts actually not be broken because they are more exponent, you know, like story building. It's actually to the core plot generally when they're talking about things. Uh, and boys, we may do a spoiler cast. I don't know. They, they said we did one back on 2018's God of War. I yeah. vaguely remember that. We'll get into a lot more of where this story goes. If you finish the first 2018 version of God of War at the very end, something amazing happened. And that is a very heavy weave into the story of this game. Uh, and I happen to love this lore. I, I do. It's one of my favorite sets of lore, if you will. And speaking of lore and things of that nature, I'll pivot to say if you're a collectible person, you know all God of Wars have those things that you want to collect. It's, it's all out there. I was kind of shocked. Chris let me know one particular thing that will stand out. I thought it may, it may get you a trophy. Chris was like, no, this particular thing does not get you a trophy. Doing things to find those things eventually gets you a trophy. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But John, are you a big collector? Do you do you go around doing all that stuff in these games? Yeah, I platinum God of War 2018. Um <laughs> that one was a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, that's but, why I giggled. I do. My, my question, I, I'm curious. Um you know, Chris would probably agree here that the one, the last trophy you go after is the Valkyrie challenge where you go after and kill all the Valkyries. Do they have a type of challenge like that? Or is that too spoilery? There are things like that. So the big thing that I'll say, like, and we can get this actually ties in the one really big change that I've enjoyed is, you know, like with 2018, it felt like, so many things that were a mini boss were a troll. It's like, here's a different type of troll. And he's got his big thing. And, you know, <laughs> eventually when I kill, I'm going to swing up there and his head's going to go on the ground. Kratos going to take the big thing and dump it on his head. And, you know, right. Amazing. You know, like that animation. But I think there's maybe like one or two trolls this whole entire game. <laughs> and the rest of the time, it's just like an endless variety of mini bosses. And they're all kind of different. Like, unique they they all have their like little quirks that you have to deal with and especially the ones john to your point they have ones definitely for you in the end game including with which me and mike both i think would agree is maybe the hardest boss that optional boss that if you want to do it i fought in these two games if not any of the god of wars uh they are quite challenging for you but yes nice there are there are things similar to that that will pull you in if that's what you want and before playing this game i also heard uh from multiple folks um Mm. some tied to the show some tied to my friends you may know but some that you i don't really speak of they all mentioned this game was harder yeah even at normal difficulty than previous god of the previous god of war and other god of wars and 
I mean, I've definitely died. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely I died. I don't know if I feel like it's like, you know, Elden Ring hard. I don't think so. I don't think it's like no. that, but you know, because the stakes will never be quite the same in those, right? You don't lose your, if anything, it's the easiest thing they give you is that if you do die in a fight in this one, you automatically, when you respawn, your wherever your rage was before the fight will still be at that same level. But no matter where your health was before the fight, now you all of a sudden have full health. So yeah, which is a good, good. Yeah, yeah. that's good for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what else do you want to say about it, man? It's it's living up. It's more than living up to the hype for me. Mm. I don't know if you got a list of things you wanted to kind of maybe check off. Um, but Chris, yo. I think criticism wise with this game, I, I kind of alluded before the menu system is terrible, really terrible. Like, uh, there, you know, to the point of John, like. I don't think it's John's fault that he didn't know that there was like all these combo things in because I don't think I knew for about seven hours in this game that that was happening. It was something I like slowly just discovered was happening and didn't know that there was a benefit for doing. I just thought it was like, Oh, there's some challenges here. Didn't tell me there was like something I was going to earn at the end by completing all three levels of it. Um, So that kind of sucks. I think it's, hard sometimes to to go through your gear and really understand the perks unless you're really willing to take the time to try it on do the fighting and then think about okay what's this going to be like if i scale up right um to the point where even when you go back and you see brock and Sindri and they have new armor in there you're kind of like do i need that i don't know do i want to spend hack silver on that is it really worth it you just don't it's not very well organized um I also didn't like, for some reason, they they kind of gate your runic abilities a lot more in this one. Like, Sean, I don't know if you noticed this, like, it takes forever to get heavy attacks, especially for the chains. Um, yes, uh, like, that is one thing that's kind of, I'm like, yo, where'd they whereas go? the last game, it felt like, you know, as soon as you got one of those two weapons, like, they were just throwing things to you. You'd be like, here, try this, try that, try that. And I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, is yeah. like, this game gives you so much xp like they're kind of encouraging you to try out new things um and i think it's just one of those things like i really wish they had fed me more on that end because i really liked that part of god of war from 2018 um and then the other thing i would say is the actual just while the mini bosses are really fun i i do have to say the combat from just person the person right like just regular enemies it it does get monotonous and it just kind of like you're like yep been here and i've done this and um a lot of times the arenas they just feel like that they feel like circle arenas that you're around yeah you kind of hop down and you know what's about to go down yeah like maybe every now and then you might have some up and down platforms but it's not like you're not gonna all of a sudden like have this huge thing where maybe you're on like a little tiny island having to deal with a couple of enemies that are hard and then maybe a span of just you know out of reach things that are shooting projectiles at you that doesn't really happen that much like challenging stuff like that that variety it's just more of okay there's the floating eye thing toss there's the more elite of this group okay we're gonna deal with him and then there's just the the standard you know kind of 
couple of soldiers that you need to take out. And like in those regular encounters, you just kind of feel like it, it's that uncharted thing. You're like, kill this thing to get to the next thing. You know, um, I, I think that's maybe the one point you could say, because this game is longer, some people are going to find that to be critical. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, after a while it was, it was one of the reasons to your point, Sean, like when I said, like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm done with the fodder, you know, and there is certain things in this game. You literally just cannot do till you beat the main story that I was just like, I want to see this story and where it goes. Cause that was at that point, what was pulling me more. Yeah. I don't have any really true, uh, complaints, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was irritated. If you, I could say that about some of the things, uh, I get irritated when like you, you, you play a really true sequel <laughs> and all your stuff isn't the same as it was when you just left. That kind of bothers me. They always throw in a one or two liner about what happened or where it went. Fanball winner. Mm-hmm. Then you uh, would hate the Metroid series. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, that happens in almost every video game is what I'm saying. And it, right. it's a thing. Uh, and it kind of sucks. Uh, so that kind of, you know, is not cool. But it's it's everything that 2018 was. I think it's built and it's just so much better, I think. And I gave that game a 10. Mm. It was but, my game of the year. But what's what's it? What did it build on? Is it story? Is it yes. combat? Okay, it's just yes. so we're talking about it's a it it opens up the lore. Is that yes. what it builds on? Yes. So am I am I is are my suspicions that I'm playing a new story within God of War 2018 legit? I mean, are people I mean, saying that very, going Sorry? I think it's a very different story, you know, like Yeah. No, no, no. I, story story yeah. aside, aside from that, are you getting a different God of War experience? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that have never happened in the series. I can't talk about them because I feel like they'll be spoilery. But those are spo- uh, those are story bits. What I'm talking about no. is from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, no, no, something happens in gameplay perspective that has never happened in the series before, and there are big chunks of when this happens. Sean has uh, not even gotten all the parts for gameplay yet, is what I right. would say. And I'm telling you right now, even where I'm at, there is stuff that has never happened. It is not the same cookie cutter game. It, well, uh, let me let me ask you: Is it like is it like one of those things where you say, "Have some patience, get just it, it's do the those- beat"? Because it because it just my problem with it, and, and one of the reasons I'm not, it's not just I got pulled away by another game. It's just it was it was very tiring to play because it just it hit the same rhythm beats that the original one did. It's like find a barrier, go around here, hit this, hit this. Mm-hmm. Have have Atreus do this and this, and then go back and move, and then move forward five feet, and then there's something else. Go get out of your boat. Go do this, this. Have Atreus do this, and it just got tiring. And I, I'm like, do I want to do this? Not just for, not just for twenty hours, <laughs> but thirty hours, thirty five hours. So in um, chat, one of our good friends and loyal uh, viewers says, "Is this the same guy that plays all the Assassin's Creed games?" Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's the classic thing of like, John, does this reinvent the wheel of God of War? No, no. But it, it I throws mean, some curveballs. Yeah, it's and like refreshing. It's the same. It, it's the same base formula. Sometimes with improvements, sometimes with modifications. I mean, there are going to be some things that, yeah, to what Sean says, you just you have not done yet, and they you will not. And I, you you can't say it to you like that's the yeah. thing like. 
it, it still has that ability to have things that you just do not know about going in. And I can't tell you, I can't show you because it spoils things. Yeah. Know? It'll, it'll change the thing. And <laughs> yeah. when it happened, I was like, Whoa, this is really effing cool. Yeah. Um, uh, for sure. And I gotta, I, I did not feel the same way you did in my first, like if you mm -hmm. say you're three or four hours in, I like, felt like they could be cousins of the same beats, like you mentioned. But mm -hmm. in that 2018 game, I'm, I'm if everybody who's ever played it to say a spoiler, you fight like some godly thing right away. Yeah, we don't. It's, this is more of a chase. And then well, you have that you know fight here. You do. Have you do. Fight. But it's after a chase, but, and there's some other things that happen. And but even I don't then, know that fight. Like, and we haven't really talked about like the Thor in this and the Asgardians, if you will are a completely new dynamic. And like, well, that's Prince, why I, I was going to hint at it earlier, but yeah. I didn't want that to be spoilery in case anybody didn't see. You, you haven't seen the trailers where literally the, uh, <laughs> that's why I, yeah, yeah but, I don't know. You know, like there's even a moment that like where it felt so fresh, right? That battle of Thor and, 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 uh, that in Kratos that you get at the beginning that without, it, it has a moment that I think is one of the best little, like, <laughs> I can't believe they just did that in the game moments I've seen in a while. Uh, and I don't want to say that here because I don't want it to be spoiled. But I'm sure if you guys have gone through the scene, we could talk about it off camera and you'll be like, oh, yeah. You know, and I already know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was amazing. Yes. Because I was just like, they just, uh, you're like, wait, that just, ha oh, okay. But yeah, as far yeah. as the, um, the Asgardians, like that whole entire dyn dynamic, right? You get that expanded upon a lot in the character of Thor, um, of, you know, of Odin, of, uh, and all these other gods is quite interesting. Um, you know, and to see how they, like how you take them and parlay their, their situations to Atreus and, in uh, Kratos. Right. So. That's what I'd say. But like, yes, John, you're not going to get at the same time. You're not going to get something that is so distinctively different all the time that like it, it's the difference of going from Assassin's Creed 2015 to then uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. It's not like that. No. Mm -hmm. Did you were you uh, were you amused? <laughs> we don't have to spoil it. Just a question. Were you amused at the. uh <laughs> The presentation of of Odin. <laughs> the Odin when, when he showed up, I'm like, that's Odin. <laughs> Odin is the one <laughs> performance in this game that I have a love hate because uh, he's played he, by Richard Shift. I love Richard Shift. Richard Shift okay, is a great. I don't actor. know who Richard Shift is. Yeah. I'm about, but he's literally playing to Google him to see if he if if I'm thinking of the guy that he reminds me of. <laughs> he is playing the character in my opinion he's most well known yes as. he's yes. playing what i was saying was i was like that reminds me of the guy from the west wing he's playing that's Toby what Ziegler. i was saying yes <laughs> that's him i was wondering i'm like i wonder if that's him because it sounds and looks and acts just like that yes. guy yeah. from the west wing which i've never seen by the way you should you watch seem pretty wing. giddy about knowing what the west wing is but i've seen clips of the guy you know in, in the yeah. show and i'm like yeah he's that's the guy yeah, I was like, man, if I was going to go with a character from West Wing to be Odin, I would go with Josh Lyman. But that's just me. Well, I, I don't want to get I too do, much. But I do yeah. give credit to the developers for sort of breaking the mold on what you would expect to see Thor to look like, what you would expect to see Odin to look like. Heck, even in the first game, Balder, 
yeah. is not the kind of look you would think, oh, that's a god. Yeah. yeah. So I got to, I mean, I got to give them props for kind of breaking that mold of our Marvel Avengers perception of what gods are supposed to look like. Yeah. This yeah, story so. is very interesting uh, as you go through the game with him and you see what he is. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I'm scared of this Thor. Yeah. Because, I mean, basically, he's a guy like as core. He's basically the most powerful God in this realm <laughs> that just does whatever the heck he wants when he wants to. Doesn't want to wait around on anyone. And then when he gets sad, <laughs> he fucking wants to drink beer <laughs> and just get, you know, hammered. And, Mead, I think. Right. Yeah. Same thing. So, and no, it's not. Uh, Thor reminds me of David, uh, David Harbour. Mm-hmm. Uh, from um, Stranger Things sounds like him, but you know he reminds me. No, he's he actually. Remind, I know he's not. I know he's not. I know he's not. But I'm just saying his presentation reminds me of a of a David Harbor from Stranger Things that let himself go just oh. completely. You know, and carries the hammer <laughs> the whole entire time. He reminds me of freaking Thanos. But you know, and then in a way, someone yeah. point like some someone just pointed out to me is like, dude, that's freaking strong side from. Remember the Titans? I was like, that yeah, is freaking strong. I, I honestly don't want somebody to listen to this and think we're, we're veering into spoiler territory about sure. the story. It the, the name of the game is Ragnarok. Google what that is and you're going to know who you're going to run across in this story potentially. But the game has a unique twist that I'm gathering hmm. on how things are going to play out. And there is you kind of want to know what happened in the last game. But if not, they definitely mention a lot of that stuff in this game. I think they also uh, have. Th- um, they have a recap you can watch. They do. The That's a good point when you load in. Also, by the way, give a shout out to the load-in screen. It's one of the coolest ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kratos is just kind of sitting there. And uh, yeah, then you start. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But there you go. We all three have played the game to some effect. Um, yeah. Are we at a point where we are ready to to have a table and whip things out? Sure. Yeah, because you want to start your pot roast. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, that's funny. Inside joke. Me first. Go ahead. Yeah, go oh, ahead, buddy. Go? Um, for me, I've thought about this, and I'm like, is it a ten or is it not? And to me, 2018 is a ten, and it's kind of to the point of John, like that's the game that really pushed it and took you to a place you didn't know God of War could go. Right. Like just the way you even think about like how a God of War played before, you know, usually it was a wide out camera, right. And people just running towards you and you doing that damage And here. It's a tight camera. Everything is, you know, you have to listen like, Hey, something's coming behind you, you know, those types of things. Right. Uh, and then of course the bigger thing, whereas the original God of War was literally just how much can one man's rage and need for vengeance take him. This is, you know, both 2018 and this one are are much more about someone trying to figure out, can I be better and can I change and, and am I doomed to be what I, everyone said I was and is my son doomed the same way, right? Um, so, you know, what do I sit there and say, well, this is, was a 10 in 2018. Oh my God, is- what was the score? <laughs> hey. You know, you see the arrogance here, folks. Did I interrupt him when he goes on his diatribes about Darksiders 3? Not a diatribe, a Darksiders Tennessee. But, but no, uh, to the point here, I think this is a 9.5 out of 10 without saying 
I don't think the it's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the story is definitely what will keep you going through this. And if you're there for the story and you loved what went on 2018, I think this game is going to pull at you. I mean, like, especially if you, you know, do everything like where you go through and you beat the main story and then kind of get the true end game thing, right? Like, uh, just the final credits of the game you're going to be feeling some feels and you're going to be feeling you know like you've completed a very long journey and that it was very well deserved but at the same time i I, i'm just saying it's a 9.5 and not a 10 for me simply because it's it's not pushing the boundary of like gaming in my opinion you just have no heart yeah like it's 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 yeah it's a it's a john Sean, it's, at least I have the balls to give something a nine seven five. True. It's not a ten in the way that Elden Ring is a ten, but Sekiro is a nine point five. That's that's what it is to me. It's like both are amazing games, but one of them really pushed it. So I'm gonna tell you right now, that twenty eighteen game was a ten, and this game's a ten until it's not. I'm still on my journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you right now where I'm standing, it's a ten and mm-hmm. definitely uh, potential for my game of the year because it's effing amazing. <clears throat> what if I told you that you die in the next scene that you're at and then you play a Sindri the rest of the way? <laughs> Sindri would suck playing a Sindri. He'd be all worried about germs and stuff. John, I'm guessing you're not ready to give a, a score. Not a score per se, but I but the game is great. Thumbs up um, by John on video. And, and look, to, to, to answer Mike's snark about Odyssey and Assassin's Creed and all that stuff, if you guys remember, I think God of War might have been on my game of the year list, but it wasn't near the top. I mean, my game of the year that year was Spider-Man. You know, um, I would, I mean, you, you put them side by side. I'd, I'd put, I'd play Spider-Man over God of War any day of the week and me. twice on Sunday. Right, right. Um. But that's just because one of them prioritizes gameplay and one of them prioritizes story. And it's, it's, it's simply a matter of video games to me don't have to be like movies. A lot of people think they do. Like they want to get them to that engrossing, engaging story, which can be beneficial. But to me, gameplay is king. And if, if what you're doing is prioritizing your story, you're never gonna you're never gonna be at the top of my list. You'll be in my list, but you'll never be at the top of my list. Cause you'll be That's why Gotham Knights is the game of the year. <laughs> I see and I, I think the gameplay's great. I think the story's great. But you remember a, what my what my game of the year was for that year? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was the top selling Red game of twenty eighteen. Redemption. Uh, oh, mine was God of War. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was my number two, I believe. Yeah, God of War is amazing. Go buy it. Uh, and I got a friend that says it's just as good on PS4 Pro. If you don't feel like buying a PS5 or you can't, give it a go. He said it played great, but he also doesn't have an eye for things like graphics. So that guy's dumb. Just speaking Get a of PS5. Graphics, what was y'all's uh, what was y'all's preferred settings? Oh, performance. I think performance as well. And it looks yeah. amazing. I've played it on a 4K TV, HDR, H. Yeah, and I've also played it on a 2K monitor, and it. Is amazing. Nice. And my choices are a performance mode or something that is 30 frames. Graphical. Per second. If it if it was like, hey, it's gonna be uh 
quality, but, or, you know, visual quality, but like, instead of it being 60, it might drop down to 50. I'll entertain it. But if it means 30 frames per second, no, I'm just, I'm going for the 60 every single time. <sighs> news. It's time for news and for you to put a pot roast on buddy. Ooh. All off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly games chat presents the news. 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 <laughs> ah, news. News. Oh my! It's, it sounds like news. I'm killed. Uh, this is our uh, our news section. It's good to see the boys back at work. And uh, speaking of boy, John, you got something to add on that? Because see, it's John, Sean, Chris. Oh, was it? I thought it was Sean, John, Chris. Let me. Let me get this started. So see, I, let's start it back over. I said, so it was good to see the boys back at work. John, you got anything to add about boys? Boy. <laughs> that was oh. fast. Uh, <laughs> speaking of boy, Sony has revealed that God of War Ragnarok with a little squiggly dot dot at the oh, top of the O. That old squiggly dot dot. <laughs> is the fastest selling first party game launch in the PlayStation history. 5.1 million copies of the game were sold during its debut week. One can assume that the sales count for PS4 and PS5. The original God of War 2018 has sold a total of 23 million units since its launch, so we can expect the new game to continue to have a bright future, much brighter than Red Dead Redemption 2, but not quite as bright as the Call of Duty game. You know, speaking of Red Dead Redemption 2, um, right now the uh, active player base is as high on PC as it's been since it first released. I saw that today. Yeah. And they're finally starting to become cheap enough for me to buy it. Ooh. I think I saw it. I think I saw it for 19 bucks in the store, yeah, one of the stores. Them. And Seems it's always so. on sale. Don't get me wrong, but it's always like thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. And yeah, you know, man, that uh, uh, Rockstar doesn't discount his games. You just said nineteen ninety nine. Please tell me when Odyssey's been nineteen ninety nine. Never. I feel. I feel like I'm talking bareback now. But Mario Plus Rabbids has been nineteen ninety nine and cheaper. That's not a Nintendo game. That's an Ubisoft game with True. Nintendo characters. Made by an Ubisoft team. <laughs> Anyways. Stop enough. with your shenanigans. Yeah, what did I do? I don't have my pop filter on my mic now, and I feel... Oh, no. I just naked? feel like I'm bareback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel protected. Well, I don't you, know how to get never, this thing back on this thing. You never wrap up, so... True, I should be used to this. Shenanigans! Speaking of shenanigans... Uh, the FTC has some. And that's the Federal Trade Commission. And let me tell you what it's likely to do. It's likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block the deal that would allow Microsoft to purchase Activision Blizzard. News comes by way of Politico referencing three people with knowledge of the matter. They did, however, stress the lawsuit is not guaranteed. According to a response from Activision Blizzard, any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. This merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. 
We are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required. That would be with swords and shields. The FTC hasn't come to a final determination, but it is skeptical of the company's arguments. Hmm. Yeah, so that. Damn. When they say when they say competition, stiff competition, I can only assume that they're referring to the fact that China's buying everything that they can up. Um, and I'm like, it's sad that that's how, that's how we have to fight China. We have to bulk up one company <laughs> in order to fight another company that's buying everything else up that's up that's for sale. But mm. I don't know, Chris, where are you at at this point with? Uh, if this lawsuit does go through, is this the one that could, I mean, could stop I, it? if it actually was successful, sure. But my thinking is it's one of two things. It's either you have again, you know, look, something doesn't like this deal. I think that's the one thing that is clear, right? Um, doesn't like this, what? Doesn't like this deal in the sense of like, they actually, they fear it for whatever reason. They, they do not want this deal to go through even though they know that it's probably likely to because i mean you have a track record of this right like clearly they didn't say anything with bethesda and that was a pretty large deal too and it meant that they probably are not going to get the next uh elder scrolls game right they're not going to get starfield so it it had ramifications to what was going to be on their their consoles they obviously feel a different way about this even though you have phil consistently saying we're going to keep call of duty wherever we can for the foreseeable future because money. Um, the flip side is, so you, you either have that side of it, pushing it the way they've pushed the European commission. Uh, they're put, trying to push the FTC to do the same thing or else. I mean, let's just be honest. There are, there, are, there's a contingent of people that work in, um, you know, government and now outside of government that just do not like the idea of very big corporations merging together, right? That they, they will never like that idea and they will, they will, you know, press against that happening because they understand, Hey, that can have ramifications across the industry for a very long time. And the more and more you allow it to happen, the more likely that eventually you get to a point where the little guy just doesn't have a way into the industry. Uh, where they eventually themselves don't just become part of some big machine of, you know, conglomerates. So I understand that. I think more than likely if it goes to a judge and Microsoft is putting everything they can at it, again, I think it's going to have a hard time holding up unless you just get the luck of the draw type thing, right? Where the original judge is, say, very open to that, those ideas and is very, uh, anti you know large corporation and if that's the case if they were to lose it and microsoft didn't want to keep going up the ladder then maybe it happens but i still would lean that in the end yes the deal will go through one way or the other yeah yeah i'm, I'm i think i'm with you there I, I would in the future i would let microsoft make all the responses mm-hmm. um as opposed to activision blizzard it, it's it just seems like a weird thing to say that the that the concerns of anti-competitiveness because it's 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 not absurd what i would have said was we disagree Mm. with the 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 the, with any concerns that this deal would be anti-competitive but calling it absurd yeah i would let microsoft make those statements going forward you know that one 
because I'm, 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 I mean, I see both sides of this deal. I don't think it's going to stop, but to sit, but to raise concerns about it, I don't think, I don't think to be concerned about it is absurd on its face. I really sure. don't. Sure. <clears throat> but Sean, any thoughts on the matter? Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't know why it's still going on. Oh, we're not, we're not going to hear anything until April. Right. Well, I know, but is. at the same time, you know, if they don't, I believe it was like if they so if they don't do this in theory they have to rule on it I believe by the end of January like from where they are in the process like the US portion of it um so you know we'll see <laughs> uh, well I hope that I hope that Activision gives us plenty of open world games from this deal hey that's a pivot well, didn't expect you know what that I hate by the way cuz my phone just told me TikTok now I don't care about that. I don't want to post turn, my... Turn the notifications off. I hate that stupid thing. Just, Chris, every app has notifications. Turn it off, buddy. I know. You're showing your age at this point. But I want my other TikTok notifications. I need to know when DJ Haygood <laughs> goes live. Wait. True. Um, True. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe there'll be an open world remake of this. Hey, speaking of open world remakes... Uh, I pivot. <laughs> CD Projekt Red has confirmed that its remake of 2007's The Witcher will be fully open world. The news was revealed during the third quarter financial, saying it would be a story-driven single-player open world RPG. No other details were given other than the wait will continue, saying it's going to be a while until we could share more details. Yeah, I would imagine this is not coming until at the earliest, like 2026, 2027. (laughs) Was it not originally open world? The first no, one? No, I mean they were more of just like areas. A lot of that. Um, the most, uh, mm-hmm. truly, the most open world of them is is three. Is three? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's well. That's. I think they saw the success of what three ended up being, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, let's I mean, just redo is, what we've already done and make it open why, world." Yeah, like you know, you could easily take the story and actually make something that handles differently. And did you play the first one? I've played it a little bit. It's hard. It is a hard game to play. That's what it's, you know, it's 2007 and it's, you know, CD Project Red wasn't a huge studio, right? They weren't something that was proven. Yeah, they were, they were pre-Cyberpunk back then, you know? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Uh, so we got a response. If you remember, John, wait, John, did you have anything to add? Sorry about the open world remake. No, you asked the question I was going to ask Chris. Oh, had he ever played it before? No, uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I guess. I guess. I guess my question was: uh, I mean, would w- does this benefit from an open world? Is this? I mean, is this w- is this something that would make the game better? I think so. Cool. Like, yeah. Do you do you think that same question was asked in the Zelda boardroom when Breath of the Wild was being made? And <laughs> weird like, guy yeah, was I like, "Hey, like we're gonna guy. make an open world," and they're like, "Is it gonna be better?" Well, think, everybody, when Skyward Sword came out, said, you know, just make it Skyrim. And so I think they, they had been hearing that for about the past decade. They did not. And they finally said, you know what? Let's try it. Dude, no, did you just nobody, say Skyward Sword was Skyrim? No, no. They were saying it. What I said was, when Skyward Sword came out, they said, why can't you make this more like Skyrim? Ah, uh, and they didn't. Yeah. And then eventually they did. I got you. I'm slow. Not like the response from uh, Bethesda responding to old Mickey Gordon. 
Well, let's talk about this, shall we? Let's tell you what they said. And this response has not been very popular amongst mm. critics. Um, in a statement released online, hold on, let me move this over because my 40-year-old eyes can't read it. Uh, in a statement <laughs> released online, Bethesda maintains that Gordon's account, quote, both mischaracterizes and misrepresented the team at id software and that bethesda quote unequivocally supports marty stratton chad Mossholder, and the team at ed's uh, at id software uh, bethesda went on to say that quote it oh truth hold up john hold up john hold up you have gone away three times that was one time so say bethesda went on to say that it and then say that again let me close some windows here. Maybe that's part of my problem. I don't think so. Just clear your cache and restart your router. You got cash? Can I have some? Yes, I do. And I have lots of it. DJ money. Burr, burr, burr. You, you want me to start, restart my router right now? <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to start over? Just no, go just with say Bethesda and well say that. Okay. Bethesda <laughs> went on to say that it, quote, <laughs> just, I had to find my spot. <laughs> His voice went up. Why, <laughs> Why are you laughing, guys? Come on. See what happens oh when we God. take a week off, guys. See what oh happens. Oh my God. Hey, John. <laughs> John, I just saw you. I saw you going. Where was that? <laughs> scan, 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 scan. Panic mode, panic mode, panic mode. It's like when you're giving a presentation oh. and you look up, <laughs> you look back down, you're like, go, uh, oh, oh, where, uh, oh no. <laughs> hey, Sean, look at me. Hey, look at me. Hillary. Hey, Sean. <laughs> Gordon uh, has worked with. So, Stop uh, it, Chris. It's not your title. Your pot roast is still going to be done. Bethesda went on to say that it rejects the distortion of the truth and selective presentation of incomplete facts. Mm. Gordon has worked with Bethesda on many titles to include, I said many titles to include Wolfenstein and Doom. His music will be featured in the upcoming Atomic Heart. So Bethesda has has, uh, come out to comment. Now, Now, one of the things that people were saying was, yeah, Bethesda, this falls short because... Mick Gordon, Mick Gordon, yeah. yeah, he, as they say, brought receipts, if you will. Sure, and you know, so I haven't read that post. I've been meaning to take the time. Like it takes, I don't know. They said it takes about a half hour to get through all of it. I think it's longer um, than that. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but but the but but it's like when you compare and contrast the the ruling narrative is Bethesda didn't have anything to say. Um. So, I, I mean, I don't, I think it's a, I think it's kind of a false comparison because a, a, a big corporation like this is not, their lawyers aren't going to let them go out and post on a blog all this stuff that is, you know, considered stuff that would be used in litigation. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of a misunderstanding about what, Mick Gordon has the ability and power to do versus what Bethesda can and cannot do in response. Corporations like this can't respond the way Mick Gordon responded. And I'll just leave it to you guys there. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, it feels like the reason this was probably put out there is that it feels like there's a publicist at Bethesda that was like, we need to put out a statement. We need to put out a statement, right? And then they probably had a team of lawyers draft this together and say, how can we say something that disputes it without making it too worse, right? Like kind of doing the the bad thing that Activision did with some of theirs when they responded to accusations and they're putting this out there, but it's like, you're like, okay, it's, it's kind of hard to take what you're saying here when all we've got is general statement. And as John said, like you as a corporation, unless you're in a courtroom are never going to actually say or reveal what you have to back yourself up on things. Right. And you have a guy over here who doesn't, yeah. Like here's the guy over here. Who's like, well, here are my receipts. I will, you know, label this step for step as far as timelines and all that, as far as what happened, you know, that's, that's the problem there. So you don't know until you see something from Bethesda, which uh, to John's point, you're probably not going to see unless, unless a lawyer says they need to, (laughs) Uh, you know, which I don't think he's suing them. Right. Um, so probably never will. I don't know. Just, you're not wrong. It just sucks. The The biggest (laughs) thing that sucks in this is like to think of whenever we get a new Wolfenstein or Dune game, he's, he's not going to be doing the music for it. So because nobody is capable of riffing a guitar the way this guy, I don't know. I mean, hire Metallica to do it for all I care. I don't care. Uh, have you ever tried working with Lars? Yeah, who he can be a handful. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Hammett has got better things to do than play. Kurt might be down with it, but Lars would be like, "No, we need okay, to get paid okay, for okay. it." Okay, Megadeth, whatever. They're all what dead. Think? Are they? <laughs> Are they dead? <laughs> I don't know. They're not. One of them um, is missing but, an arm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I got some news on Dead Island 2, yeah. that is. Uh, oh, no. It, it has been delayed, boys. Let's get into it, huh? Dead Silver, sorry, Deep Silver, yeah. has delayed Dead Island 2 uh, again. The game will now be released on April 28th of next year. Uh, the news comes by way of the Dead Island Twitter account. The date, as you remember, was previously set for February 3rd, and has been pushed out by, you know, 12 more weeks. It's a long time. Uh, no specific reason was given for the delay, but Damn Buster Studios sees the irony in delaying the title yet again. The game was originally announced way back in 2015. And here's a quote. We're going to take the time we need to make sure we can launch a game we're proud of to launch. For those of you who've been waiting for years, thank, thank you for hanging in there with us. And that's the end of that. Are any of us excited to play Dead Island 2? Oh, God, yes. It's a freaking zombie game. If it's good. Did you play Dead Island 1? No. (laughs) But I've got time. I really didn't know the answer to that question. Oh, that's funny. I think it's a good move for them, though, right? Because, like, February and March is really getting crowded quick, and that's something where if it doesn't get, like, (laughs) tons of great reviews i could see it getting lost right whereas maybe you get to april and maybe it's lightening up then and you go oh well let's say this game is like in the range of a 7.8 to an 8.2 john will love it it. (laughs) i think a lot of people will give that a shot versus like well that got a 7.8 and then like by the way 
here's XX and X coming out the same 10 day period, right? Like they're going to go and those got 8.5s or nine or something like that. Or, you know, it's some major game. Um, I, I well, just, uh, Chris, uh, you'll I, you'll definitely remember this because you and I were both blown away by the original Dead Island trailer. Do you remember oh, that yeah. thing? Oh yeah. But and Sean, I don't know if you remember remember it. It's like it's like this m- melodramatic thing where it's like everything is is being rewinded in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, rewound, and it just it, it gave rewound, rewinded, rewind. Yeah, <laughs> it gave it gave the uh, the the impression that this was going to be a more solemn, serious type of game but when a game came out that trailer and the game had nothing in common that way there's just just, it was just all it was just all chaos goofiness all kinds of cool stuff that i eventually will play (laughs) yeah i just pulled it up and i started i went immediately to the comments and people are recently commenting on it and they're like this trailer is way heavier than the actual game was yes (laughs) that's the theme it's like yeah, it, it it I remember this trailer. Yeah, everybody's kind of going, yeah. <laughs> Good callback right there, buddy. I like seeing old stuff that you kind of forget about. Hmm. But we got a new we got some news on some new stuff, huh, Chris? For sure. Uh Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 launched just last week, guys. Just last week. It's crazy. I kind of want to go back. Well, a lot of people are, Sean, because it's enjoying much success. The Battle Royale has already surpassed the 25 million player milestone prior to Warzone 2.0. The first game was taken offline for 12 days before launching it, relaunching it as call of duty Warzone uh, Caldera. Uh, this 25 million milestone does not come without its hiccups with many players complaining of unstable server connections. Yeah, that's not too. I'll shocking. just take you to the gulag. <laughs> and get um, worked. Still, for a game to have 25 million players and just some hiccups, like, it's not going like the servers are full crashing and can't handle right. it. You right. Know, that's not a right. bad thing for an online only game. But yeah, it's really not. I need to uh, play it. I, I think we need that. to play it. When are we going to play it? Me and you together? I, I think, yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think Mike wants to get in too. Yeah, I'd love to see John Rambo get worked at Call of Duty. That'd be amazing. Just hear him screaming, not the gulag again, not the gulag again. <laughs> Guys, I'm in the gulag. Wait a minute. Hold one. <laughs> he got, he's got all this like lingo that we didn't even know he had. It'll be great times. Mm-hmm. Great times. Uh, I would like to know how like Warzone's, uh, well, I guess they didn't really, you can't buy it. It's kind of free. So never mind. That was going to be a bad pivot. Let's just talk about Pokemon sales, John. Well, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have also enjoyed an impressive run, selling 10 million units within the first three days of launch. This also accounts for, quote, the highest global sales level for any software on any Nintendo platform within that time frame. For comparison, Sword and Shield sold 6 million in the same time frame, and I use time frame. Well, that's okay. Still use it in the same paragraph. The games have not been without baggage, having lower than usual metric uh, Metacritic scores and player complaints galore. Yeah, uh, what was it the last time I saw? I need new glasses. I need new glasses. Look, man. Look, look, look. I've been going when I go, <laughs> Sean. I hate you. I quit. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh. 
for the record. I'm about to pass right out. I don't know how much of this is a review bomb type situation because I'm just have touch of it, but just for comparison here, uh, user reviews on Metacritic right now for for Scarlet are at two point four, and for Violet it's three point four. So like, somebody, up oh, John froze again. Chris, call Bobby Joe and tell him to check on Sean. <laughs> My freezing again. You did for five seconds, but you're fine. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There's there's some people out there who uh, seem to, regardless of how many. I mean, I guess it explains why there is a large voice online, right? Is that a lot? A lot of people have bought this, and a lot of people have some some feelings on it, which is not always very positive. Well, they're talking about the way it seems like, and I thought this has always been the case, but I guess it's not. I mean, they're, yeah. they've started to in the Switch era, they've Call of Dutyed Pokemon. They they they've got yeah. something coming out every year. They do sometimes every six months. Mm-hmm. And Sean is about to have an aneurysm. Oh, we we've been doing this for so long together. We mm-hmm. all know if one of us is struggling, either reading something, looking at something, whatever. We've seen each other in person. We've seen each other online, and I just—it was written on your face. You couldn't see. I, what you were, it's 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 my it's my glasses. I, I know. Just, it was it was just I've so get, funny. I go, to, I go to the gym and I sweat into my lenses, and the and sometimes that those, those the sweat just dries, and it's got like this crystallized salt stains on my glasses and i'm like looking through it's, it's, <laughs> it's like a kaleidoscope <laughs> it, it's, it's, like, it's like you're right it's like a salt it's like uh, a salt kaleidoscope but it was just because that's not a hard paragraph or two that you would read normally. it's really not it's but really you, were not. Just, you were just struggle busting it along and it was quite struggle, hilarious struggle uh, by the way why don't you get some of those chris sabo goggles to wear at the gym that I get all the, uh, what is, you know, the... Hey, kids uh, who are not, you know, 35 <laughs> or older, Chris Sabo played for the Cincinnati Reds. In, well, who else wears goggles oh, like that? Oh, Chris Sabo. Horace Grant. Horace Grant. I remember him. Yeah. Female World Dulce Series Bar. team. World Series team. What's uh, that, Chris? Sorry. I said Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wore goggles. He wore some. Yeah, he wore some goggles too. They don't yeah, really wear goggles anymore. I'm just sick of you guys dissing me all the time. <laughs> we're not dissing you. First of all, you showed up in a God of War shirt. That's legit. See, he. It's, I think he's pointing at you. No, no. he's pointing to you because he said. I know dissing. he is. I'm still. I didn't. Wasn't ready to go because I'm still laughing. <laughs> the guys want me to move on to dissing Battlefield, so we're gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> professional show hey hey hillary hillary <laughs> 382 ladies and gentlemen 382 uh sony has brought ea's battlefield into the fight against xbox's acquisition of activision blizzard saying that the franchise can't keep up with the consistency and success of call of duty here's a quote call of duty is not replicable Call of Duty is too entrenched for any rival, no matter how well equipped to catch up. It has been the top-selling game for almost every year in the last decade, and in the first-person shooter genre, it is overwhelmingly the top-selling game. Other publishers do not have the resources or expertise to match its success. That's the end of that quote. And indeed, Call of Duty sales are 400 million while Battlefield hasn't even reached 100 million in their lifetime. EA sees the Microsoft deal as an opportunity. According to Andrew Wilson, 
being platform agnostic and completely cross-platform with Battlefield is a tremendous <laughs> opportunity. I I I um I don't agree that that Battlefield is not capable of It's just a different game, dude. Well, the, if there's ever been an opportunity for Electronic Arts to capitalize on the the decline of Call of Duty and I don't mean decline by sales, I mean decline of receptiveness. It seems like every single one of them over the past 5 years have been hit or miss, most of the time miss. And I, I just hate the excuse that Battlefield does not have, or some or some game to come out doesn't have the ability to tackle mindshare that Call of Duty seemingly owns. I just don't think that's the case. I think it's a I think it's a behemoth. I think it's a challenge to do it, but I think it absolutely can be done. Absolutely can be done. Why hasn't it? Yes, because e, because EA has not For been what? consistent with Battlefield either. I mean, to to your point, this the the quote is not quite accurate. It's like weird because on one hand, I, I think like as far as statement from Sony, you know, I've, I've read, read Sony kind of hard throughout this whole entire thing. The framing of this as a device is actually the right way to do it. Where you're like, look at this behemoth, and you know it's so important and sells so much. No, the strategy is sound. The strategy is yeah, sound. Yeah. But on yeah. the flip side, to to jump on, and you just said what has done. It. I'm like Fortnite. Fortnite has been well, out no, since 2016. No. It's not no. the same. It no, is. We're not talking. No, it you're is. talking. You're going to say Warzone specifically. Not even could that. compete with. Fortnite. Uh, not even that. Fortnite nah. right now, literally, if you go over to Epic, 75 percent of their resources are doing one thing and one thing only. They are making Fortnite content. That's all they do now. Why? Because it is a machine that generates billions upon billions of dollars for them every year, despite <clears> the <throat> fact the game is free to play. It is, you know, like it is in its own stratosphere as far as these I'm, things. But I know, but I'm talking about taking the mindshare away from Call of Duty to Battlefield. Fortnite oh, didn't sure. take away mindshare from Call of Duty. I there, specifically there, asked what has. So I'm, far I'm sure there's some. Up. I'm sure there's some overlapping audience. Yeah. But there's Fortnite people and there's Call of Duty people. I'm just talking about Battlefield yeah. taking was, from the Call of Duty audience. I don't and, think Call of Duty never took from Battlefield's audience, right? They were always two very different that's, games, right? And in well, the real, in the end, are they di very different? I don't yeah, they, they just know. Oh, yeah. They're Battlefield's generally a. Uh, Large More like a large scale yeah. type war type situation. You don't fly um, planes or, or drive tanks <clears throat> when you're playing Call of Duty online. That's what the whole you know part of of Battlefield that made it interesting was was great. I think if anyone wants to blame the you know decline of call or I'm sorry, Battlefield, it's it's just Battlefield and EA. It's their right. own steps. That's what's harmed them on that, and that's what's made it irreparable to see it even become nearly what it used to be like that's a hard thing to do yeah. like when 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 they came out with battlefield one the world war one shooter mm -hmm. had they been that consistent since right. battlefield one they would have been taking i think some mind share away from call of duty because call of duty has been in this critical decline maybe not a sales decline but this critical decline that i think ea could have capitalized on had they had the focus to do so maybe oh I'm well, talking about 20% of the mind share. I'm not talking I about a big, no, I don't think they would have ever gone it that high. Like I, I, 
I think the uh, there was like a falsehood that existed because I remember this back in like 2010 or so, like that, and I was I was guilty of it because we had played something like Battlefield Bad Company, and we thought that that could go toe to toe with the uh with Call of Duty, and it's just it's not like they're too. Call of Duty exists on its own plane as far as, you know, that era of, of shooters. Halo isn't on that level. You know, Battlefield is um, on that level. I, I can't. Battlefield tried. I remember yeah, the game, I think it was called Hardline, Three. where they tried to downscale the war a little bit, and we all tried to play it, and it just wasn't Call of Duty. Yeah. I don't, I know just making that statement, if you haven't experienced them both, you don't know what that means. It's just a different game. Um, they both, yeah, are military shooters, whatever, but it's just different, man. Uh, but, but, uh, but Sean, can we, uh, ban, uh, what is his, what is the name? Mike three, four, seven, nine. Yes. We, he, we need to be removed from this Twitch chat. Yeah. Cause Thank he you. thinks that user thinks that SOCOM would overtake call of duty. Oh, do you even know what SOCOM is, John? Yeah, right. but no. Yeah. Oh, SOCOM is no. That's SOCOM is not a turn base. No, no it's, it's it's a, a shooter. shooter. It's just okay. Shooter. It it was a uh, yeah. It was awesome, but it was just not. It was also it's not like, Call of Duty. Of all things, um, shooters, <clears throat> even even PUBG can't be uh, called. Right, like the well, like I'll I've give you respect on the Fortnite thing. It's massive. Yes, we all yeah. know that, and I do think that they created Warzone to try to take out actually sure. some from Fortnite. Um, but that wasn't the question, I and mean, that was my bad for kind of interjecting that because the question was what the Battlefield deal. So that's my bad. But yeah. it was a casual mistake. It really was casual, and we have casually arrived at finally this week, Chris. Christmas. <laughs> Bayonetta 4 casually announced. Senior Vice President and Chief Game Designer Hideki Kamiya. Kamiya? Kamiya? I don't know. That's kind of right. Uh, as casually announced Bayonetta 4 while discussing the previous game with fans. Quote, I didn't think it was unexpected at all, but it seems that the ending of Bayo 3 wasn't conveyed correctly to everyone. So I think Bayo 4 will be an unexpected development. After all, when Bayo 4 comes out, I'm sure there will be people who say, quote, you added that as an afterthought, so I'll say it now. Why does this feel like a guy who's trying to get Nintendo to go ahead and greenlight Bayonetta 4 for him? Because I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Who knows? There's already three of them. Might as well be yeah. four of them. <laughs> yeah. They must not, like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe Nintendo doesn't have to pay that much to get them to to make them, right? Because it's like, it's not like they're making some deal where it's like, oh, you get exclusive. Like, no, they've the last two have been solely exclusive to I thought that they Nintendo. bought the license. Did they? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> But they, <laughs> they 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 bought exclusive rights to it. I don't know what that means. It's been years since, you know, since all that. But you know, Bayonetta. There's always going to be an audience for Bayonetta. Not quite the Call of Duty audience, but there's an audience. True. For so, yeah. 
know, love when I give you guys an act anticlimactic, boring ending. Yeah, we have to sit here and do something with it. Yeah. Sometimes I do it on purpose. It's like, hey, here's some Play Doh, make something. And I'm like, I just like the way Play Doh smells, man. I don't really want to make nothing right now. You know, as people eat it. That's weird. Those are weirdos. Two things. Chris, you should end the show. I should. <laughs> I was I was just interested because I saw this. I was like wondering to his point. So apparently Sega owns the IP, but you know, they they just have publishing exclusive publishing deals with Nintendo on these last two games. So Sega. Cool, man. So Bayonetta and and I guess uh and Sonic Frontiers. Uh, let's hit this button now. Okay. <laughs> hey. By the way, this is going. Maybe we should wrap it up. I don't know. Never ever. <laughs> yeah, just to be safe. Mm. Electronic mail from the future. My wife All loves it. All the way from the <laughs> So, Sean, you say email from the future. Chris says from the year 3000. Do, can I have some sort of a thing? Dude, it's say? been 382 episodes. Yeah. I just, All you got to do just is just. Just I've just been meaning it. to tell you guys about it. I just haven't known how just to do it, it, bro. I just you know, feel left out. Well, what know, could you do? Because mine makes no sense. I just one time I heard that electronic mail was like getting mail from the future. And so that's why I go electronic mail from the future. And he does the year 3000 because that's like a Conan thing, dude. Yeah. But you have bits. You have the bit right before. Like you got pissed, buddy. You, you did the thing where you know go just to be safe. Uh, you should safe. maybe do like you've got mail or something like that. You know, I don't want to make your bit up for you, but think about things that tie into emails, John. Yeah, go practice them in front of uh, your <laughs> yeah, but practice. You know what I? You know what I love about you guys? What's that, buddy? You're supportive. We are. We love you. You look great today. But I will remind you. everybody, aside from John looking great today. This is the part of the show that we call emails. We simply call it that because it rolls off the tongue easy. Uh, but this is where we cover emails, Twitter, Discord, all the things. We start off with emails. And if you want to be a part of that conversation and send us an email that we'll read live on the show, uh, you can do so at weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like whoever's going to go first. <laughs> uh, Chris, you can read the... No, I feel will... like uh, John needs to read the will. Uh, I, I should read, read that. Well, Sean I mean, look should. Look at the name of the email. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We'll start off just like the Will to Kill Gaming. Uh, hey, hello, old man chat. Hello. 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 First off, World Cup, baby. That's right. An average of 3.5 billion. That's with a B. Followers are about to watch the top sport in the world. Calm down. That's what's up. Uh, the Will to Kill's team has always been Germany, Deutschland. Uh, I have no qualms with that. 
I even did a research project in my college intro to German course about the team. Hmm. I'm so happy that the best captain in Germany's history, Manuel Neuer, didn't end up retiring from the national team. Me too, buddy. Me too. My favorite time in World Cup history was the year I was born. 2014? What? Wow. What? If the U.S. is playing, I will cheer for them, but our country doesn't oh. put enough focus on football. Okay. Uh, or, or, as he wrote it, foosball, like the rest of the world. The last time our soccer program actually had potential was the year they signed the 15-year-old prodigy. I can't remember his name or how old he was. My cousin's husband is a U.S.-based scout for Manchester United. When I found this out, I told my cousin she better marry him like yesterday. Fun fact, Manchester United is the Will to Kill's favorite English Premier League football club. Um, he knows his stuff, so the issue with this U.S. soccer program is a topic of discussion quite often. However, the U.S. women's team, amazing. That That's right. Uh, I love that you sent this email on the day that the U.S. made it to the knockout stage, too. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, you sent it before that. Yeah, you did. But I'm reading it today. Like uh, I have a question for you three, though. I feel like I remember it being discussed, but I couldn't remember. John mentioned he used to have a Commodore 64. What was your first gaming console and what what first got you all into gaming? Mine was the NES, not NES, LOL. My mom gave it to me when I was about five. And that was the start of my permanent lightheaded migraine history. Every summer we would go to the garage sales and I managed to find so many games I couldn't store them in a box. I had a six-drawer dresser. The bottom drawer was for the NES controller, zapper guns, hate that that dog, and advantage controller. If you had an NES, did you have the gray or orange zapper? And what channel did you put the TV on? I spent years building up my collection of games and accessories. One thing to point out, every time I hear the word pivot on the show, my mind hears, pivot! <laughs> Since you all be taking off next week, it was great. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and left me some green bean casserole. Ugh. And this was sent from the uh, Annex Thera Mechanism. <laughs> uh, yeah, we also, uh, and I'm sure the boys will say this when they reply to you, we all hope everyone obviously had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thank you for hoping that we did too. But boys, I'll let, since I just read that, I'll let you answer the questions first about your first console and all that stuff. All right. First actual gaming console was the NES, same as you. Uh, the first thing that got me into gaming, though, uh, my parents. How do you spell NES, Chris? Uh, it's N E NES. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, as far as uh, almost yeah. <laughs> got him. <laughs> but anyways, uh, what first actually got me into gaming wasn't the NES. It was uh, my parents. Yeah. They were both programmers, so we actually had a home computer in the 80s. And we used to have, this is before Windows. This is like where you had to have MS-DOS. And probably the first game I can remember playing was my dad had a battle for 1942 World War uh, II game where you would um, could either do the submarine or you could fly planes, right? So the historical like British bombers and things like that as you battled over uh, basically you know the, the English Channel with Germans and it was the first time I was like what is this because <laughs> I was like five at the time right yeah you know, but uh definitely the first console got me in for sure was uh the the NES I had the 
I guess I had the gray zapper. I also had the version of that same one that came out that had the trackpad, remember, for the Olympic thing where after a little while you kind of stop trying to actually run and jump and you just get on your knees and go. Yes, the trackpad thing. You just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Long time. Let me correct something real quick. Uh, I'm going to read this sentence again. I read it wrong because there may be people going, wait, you were born in 2014 and you got a NES. So it says, my favorite time in World Cup history was the year I was born and 2014. So he, that's an implication that he was born prior to 2014, which makes sense why he would have got an NES um, and stuff like that. So I had to correct that real quick because my brain went, wait, you were born in 2014 yeah, and got an NES? And before I reread it, I was like, man, this, this kid's well-written for someone who's eight. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that kind of messed me up. Uh, John, uh, did you want me to tell my story or did you want to go next? You go for it, man. Um, technically, the first console I ever played that got me into gaming was uh, my uncle had an Atari 2600. And I played a lot of like Pong, Galaga and things like that. Right. I thought that was what gaming was about until I had a friend who had a Nintendo and then eventually asked my mom for one. And it's still to this day, probably my most memorable Christmas. I came around the corner and uh, Santa had left me a. Mike Tyson boxing glove, red beanbag and a box that said Nintendo entertainment system. And outside of that was a copy of Mike Tyson's punch out as well. So, uh, that was my, my personal first gaming console. And then just like you, that started the whole deal. Um, I also remember having a lot of Nintendo games and not having places to put things like the controller and the zapper gun. <laughs> and I had the gray. Uh, actually, yeah, I think I had the all gray zapper. Whichever one was in the first one, that's the one I had. But I also remember yeah. using the orange zapper. So I don't know what that means in my brain. Yeah, done both. Yeah, at some point I, I had both or played on both. But John, your story, first console and first all that. I guess the first console I ever had any experience with was Atari 2600. But as we uh, played those, Dad would some some sometimes break out his original Pong game. Hmm. Um, he had one of those. Still worked after all those years. Funny because the game, basically, anybody who doesn't remember Pong is basically like a dot tennis game where you have wheels on each side, like knobs on each side that you turn. Yeah. It's one game in one system. There's nothing to it other than it's just that game. And it was probably 300 bucks at the time if you wanted to get it, <laughs> which is absurd. And then the Commodore 64. So those were kind of my first intros into the gaming world. And uh, I never, I ne even at a young age, I never liked the Atari 2600. Yeah. Uh, just for clarification, the original gray was the original Zapper released in the 85 bundles. The orange was introduced when the NES was reintroduced in 1989 and there further on was a scope you could get to the zapper that I never played with, but I'm seeing here on Wikipedia. That would have been pretty dope. Cause yeah, I got mine in 88. So, but as I recall, my grandparents got theirs for the rest of us in like 90 and that's okay. Now that all tracks out. Makes sense. Makes sense. Tracks out. Right. Uh, but thank you so much for the email. Uh, will to kill and of course if something happens to usa i'll be pulling for germany and vice versa mm. hopefully us gets a good run and hopefully uh germany does too but they got to tighten up germany has not looked like germany if you know what i mean 
All right. I got to go see why a timer's going off while y'all read the next email. And just for just so I'll know who who's reading it so I can read it when I get back and have some some interaction. I'm going to read it. Uh, it's Devin. Devin? Yeah. All right. Uh, title of this email, John, is greeting. It's from Devin. He says, hey, guys. What's up? Just wanted to get the reactions of the guys from the greatest podcast about games on some recent news. I don't think you guys ever touched on it during your one of your recent intro or news segments, so I thought I'd bring it up myself. What are your opinions on the current situation with Henry Cavill and the Witcher TV series? Ooh. Technically, it's a show based on the books and not the games, but I know Witcher 3 is a favorite on this podcast by one of the hosts. We all know which one. Oh. Uh, who? Sean? So, I think it's an appropriate topic to discuss. Personally, this show... Uh, immediately went from being my absolute favorite thing to watch right now to the last thing I'm ever going to be excited about ever again. My reason is that Cavill left the show has less to do with him reprising the role of Superman. It has more to do with him knowing that this show is going down the drain because the writers and the showrunners seem to be complete morons. Sorry if that comes across as too hostile, but it's got me quite frustrated with the film TV industry. What are your thoughts? Thanks again for an awesome podcast and can't wait for next week's show. Nice. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't cover this or, you know, probably would have been me who would have been bringing it up. And I, I saw it and I, I kind of felt the same way. I, I was like, he's kind of like the Witcher now. They've established that in yeah. the series. I, I, you know, like, look, people change roles. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, that sometimes has to happen. And to me, it's more of like, well, why is it changing? And I think the thing that is becoming apparent is that, to me, I think Henry sees, like, for the first time, I call him Henry because we're real close. You know, he's British. <laughs> root for British teams. It's it's that kind of thing. Um, it, it's one of those things where I think, like, Henry Cavill is seeing, on one hand, probably for the first time in five or six years, DC might actually be getting its stuff together and getting a kind of aligned vision, right? So he has faith in them for the first time, I think, in a while. And second, I think he's kind of just gone to his end wits and with The Witcher. You know, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, I was willing to give benefit of the doubt to the first season. There's parts of it I really enjoy, right? And even the second season... They do one of my favorite stories in there, and I enjoyed that. But from a whole, it feels like kind of like what you would say is like here. It feels like, again, like a show where Hollywood has an idea of how it should be, or the the writer had the idea of how it should be, and then Hollywood comes in and goes, this is what would make this show successful, as opposed to maybe trusting within its source and adapting and asking themselves, are we doing what actually makes sense for the work versus are we just trying to make it something that it's not right? And I think that's kind of what's gone on, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch, but yeah, my excitement will probably not be as hype as it used to be. We'll see. I don't know if any of these guys have any opinion on it. Oh, I know. I watched the first season of Witcher, got very addicted to it, and then I had to wait a long time for the sequel. The sequel, I, I started watching it. I could not get into it. Um, I think it got too 
I don't. I, all I know is to say it got too like confusing for me. I don't know why. It was kind of a slow burn. I wasn't ready to get this slow burn going. Uh, I did see the tweet that Cavill was going to relinquish the role. He was going to go focus on Superman, which made me happy. But I did immediately think, well, I don't want to watch The Witcher anymore if he's not going to be the guy because I'm kind of used to him being the guy. That's my thoughts, and I'm sticking to it. There goes Chris thinking I don't have any thoughts. I proved him wrong, and he can't say, oh, he's back. He went to go check on his pot roast. You're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Yeah. I don't hear you anymore. Am I muted? What happened? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is going great. (laughs) Chat, can you hear me? I need a yes if you can hear me. John says he can hear me. Okay, Mike says he can hear me. This is good. Keep this on the recording. No to Chris. (laughs) Chris is messed up. (laughs) John's muted. That's why John say something so they can hear you too. Something so they can hear me. We did it, John. We did it. We took Chris's audio out. Check. Oh, he's back. (laughs) I'm not sure what What happened. What happened, buddy? All I did was the classic mute. On the Wave XLR, you know, tap the thing. And when I untapped oh, it, it, I thought, it didn't do it. <laughs> I thought you tinkered. No, didn't tinker you with technically, anything. You technically didn't tinker. Yeah, there was no tinkering to be found. All right. We got another email uh, from Alejandro. John? Gentlemen, mm. is he talking to us? Yes. Hello. So. Hope you enjoyed a restful week of food, family, and most importantly, football, both the real kind and what the rest of the world plays. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. He said both. He said both. Yeah. Both the real kind and what the rest of the world plays. Yeah. Yeah. The football. Oh, God. You're so stupid. You're so dumb. As a prelude, as a prelude to the topic of most, you don't even know when you're being insulted. As I a do know to the topic of most anticipated games. I'm curious to know your most anticipated train wreck for 2023. That's easy for me. It's weekly games chat. Uh, for me, it's No Man's Skyrim, aka Starfield. I'd love to be <laughs> wrong, but my gut, my gut tells me that the only joy this game will bring me at launch is Schadenfreude. I think I don't know if I'm yeah, sorry. I, I looked right. that up. That's a German word. That means joy at someone else's pain. Oh. So the, so in the cornucopia, Alejandro, you're always throwing your education in our face. So in the cornucopia of upcoming games, which one do you think that will be which one do you think will be rotten on arrival? And do you think I'm wrong about Starfield? Yes. Critically yours, Alejandro. P.S. I'm not wrong. Sent from a Grinch's heart, two sizes too small. There is a uh, new episode of the Lex Freeman podcast with the Todd father for three hours. He talks about it. Uh, Various things, including Starfield. And uh, if you go listen to that man talk about AI and like NPCs and how they do things. You will maybe understand why. I would say I have more faith in than that the game will end up being something fun and successful. Not that it'll be the greatest game of all time, than being a letdown. If um, there's something Todd Howard is really, really good at, mm-hmm. it's talking. Yes. He, he can go on stage and tell you his ideas all day long. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, like Fallout 76, I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. But he actually and made and this. Chris game. will say, well, I, I know. I'm just saying things about like Bethesda. And I, I was going to originally say Final Fantasy 16 because hmm. Square just, I just felt like it could be a mess. It's going to get hyped. The, the closer it gets, there's a ton of fans that like that game. But something like Starfield, they're going to make you think that it's, you know what, doesn't stink. And it, they just, it's going to be a mess. I kind of agree. And I don't want mm. it to be. I'm excited about the game. I'm excited about it. you being excited about the game, Chris. Mm. Uh, I just, it has a potential of the overhype just kind of killing it. They'll, Look, man, it, it, it could it'll very, be free on Game Pass. <laughs> True. I, I definitely don't agree with, or disagree that it might be the most overhyped game, but his point was more so telling you that the game will be, you know, bad. I don't think the game will be bad. I just think you might be like, oh, it's a good game. It's yeah, not you the also greatest, said that it's about not the greatest game of no, no, no. That was a game that was bad at launch. That game no, was you, busted but before launch. You thought it was going to be great. Yeah, and it could have been. So Cyberpunk, we're at. like we're all, Cyberpunk, all, Anthem, uh, Mass we, Effect. We don't know. That's, that's the beauty of it. We don't know what's going to be bad. We just yeah. theorize. There's no way it could be bad. It's going to be, be great. I would be very surprised with. Todd Howard, Bethesda Softworks, it being a let a, a like complete letdown, a meltdown, right? We'll see. But if I was gonna guess one for next year, that's rumored to be coming. Man. What is coming up early next year? I could see Diablo actually, you know what? I could see Diablo 4 being a letdown. And it wouldn't That's shock me. One. Yeah. That would not completely shock me with all the turmoil at Blizzard that it has the same, you know, because shoot, if we're just being honest, Diablo three, when it launched, it was a turmoil in the letdown until they fixed it and then relaunched it on consoles. But since they're launching this everywhere, day one, if it's broken, it's going to be interesting to see how many people will stick around. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to go yeah. with that my, as my official pick too. Mm-hmm. That's a good John. one. Mm. Metroid Prime Legend of Zelda. I just know it's a letdown. Does it have to be a game? Does the email say it has to be a game? Yeah, it says game. I was gonna say the Mario movie. I think in it's the suck. sequel to Breath of the Wild, we made the Master Sword break after just two hits. I will lose. <laughs> you know what? I will lose my mind, dude. I really will. <laughs> oh my goodness. We got one more email we want to read this week. Uh it looks like it's a forwarded email. Chris, you want to take that one? Yeah. This is uh from Okay, wow, this is interesting. Okay. This is from a personal friend of ours, Sean. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy. And he forwarded this out because I guess he uh he thought this was interesting. He works in news and uh it's the here's the email that was sent to him. It says, Hey, Tommy, I'm writing a, a suggest a story on America's favorite gaming consoles, video game consoles by state in the past year. While newer consoles should be the ones coming out on top, that's not always the case for a lot of states. Uh, Wise Voter, a bipartisan educational platform, delved into the research of favorite video game consoles by state. The results were measured online uh, by state per video game console in the past year to determine the favorite and most popular ones as the industry recovers from the pandemic video game consoles are seen to be uh, seen as having a boon during the COVID-19 rise uh, in sales of 26% since 2015 uh, to the pandemic. 
Xbox One was America's favorite console this year. Wow. Which won the hearts of 22 states, following by the PS5 topping in 11 states. George's favorite console, a.k.a. us, is the Xbox One. Wow. I just don't know if I believe this, but okay. But according to this, this is the most popular, to these people, this was the most popular uh, consoles in order. Number one is Xbox One, two PS4, three PlayStation 5. Four Nintendo Switch, five Xbox Series X and S. Um, and then there's actually a map on here too showing where these things are. I don't know. I'm skeptical. But I think part of that was, yeah, the console sales surge, but also the availability of some of the newer ones. Yeah. Like it's showing like it's showing Georgia being Xbox One, mm-hmm. uh, and it's showing Alabama as PS5. I live in Alabama. I've bought two PS5s. So... And it says the searches, the results were measured by searches online. I'm wondering if people just in general, if they were looking for Xbox Series X and S info, searched Xbox One. That would be a very bad search flaw and a, and a use of data to capture a story like this, if that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. should have filtered out what, what they actually searched for. And I don't think that's a great way to do it if you're just going by searches. Because you're like, well, okay, what are you supposed to say if you're saying, oh, hey, this is the most searched uh, thing here, right? Like Xbox One's more searched than PlayStation 5, but then you like look at the state's users and you're like, well, there are 4 million Xbox Ones in that state. There are 28 million PS4s. You know, <laughs> I just don't think that equates out, but who knows? Sean's food is hot, by the way. That's the yeah, food he's I, making. I probably should have that, that hot. Yeah. Especially because you've got to read uh, stuff now. Yeah. So, of course, we're on social media at Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. And we did get notified by one user at underscore August Fenton underscore uh, who mentioned us on a game called Mobs uh, Mob Spawn, which was coming to Steam. The information was linked below. Uh, this was tweeted out by at Nick Muse. And what it is is... Uh, it's an indie development team that have been working on a project for some time. And if you if you actually see what we were tagged on, you see it's a uh, it's like a roguelike type mechanic game. The art is very simplistic. And uh August thought it might be a good game for us to try. So we'll probably will look into that. I know that like our good pal Chris looks a lot on new stuff that's coming out on Steam. And if he sees Mob Spawn, he'll probably take a look at it and see if it at least has a demo. But it looks the art style looks really cool. I kind of like it. Um, awesome. It looks pretty pretty cool. I would say yes, but I just bought some games on Steam. Probably the most random one was Neon White. Um, so I don't know. Uh, we got a direct message, and I'm sorry. Uh, this was at Tony X Trotter. Uh, the, and this came in that said, uh, I'm kind of bummed. I won't have a podcast to listen to at work the day before Thanksgiving, but glad you guys are going to have a time to relax. You deserve it. You asked us to say what game we think is going to win Goaty before the awards. And I personally think it's only really between God of War and Elden Ring. Elden Ring may be the more of a technical achievement from a certain standpoint, but I think the narrative of God of War, along with it being more accessible, intuitive type game, will give it the win. I think my personal goatee is still Saifu from the from way earlier this year. Great combat, solid story with a cool concept and great aesthetic. 
Maybe if I had a PS5 to play Ragnarok, my answer would be different. To conclude a long message, my question is this. Chris, what would it take to hear you announce (laughs) Gooches and Goblins like it was the week's topic? Hope y'all had a great week. Game on. Uh, Tone, thank you so much for that direct message. We too hope you had a good uh, Thanksgiving and and we got a holiday season come up. So I hope that's going to be good for you too. The topic is... <laughs> Apparently, all it takes for you to ask is what it's going to take. Just saying. Uh, let's go and see if we have any new followers. I think we might have a new follower. Let's check it out. We do. I saved this one. This is, uh, hey, it's another podcast, the Aim for Average podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because the Aim for Average podcast is listed as a podcast created for people who just like to hear other people talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and follow you back there and with that i'm gonna pivot to discord uh i know that in our discord chat again weekly games chat over on discord if you need an invite you should be able to find one but we had a few emails come through um this was first one was from heg normally heg is in the chat saying you know everything is better than a certain game that john likes uh he's and he's gonna say in this email too i'm gonna go ahead and warn you but saying sorry i'm missing the stream tonight but game on to everyone Ragnarok is amazing. Can't wait for you guys to talk about it. I hope you guys do a spoiler cast like you did for God of War 2018. It was fun to hear your perspectives on it. You see, John, a spoiler cast is (laughs) better than Odyssey. (laughs) Uh, And then Yuri is replying to an email that Punk wrote in. And if you remember a few weeks back, Punk said this. To the dude that wrote in last week that needs to persuade the wife to get a new TV, have your side chick throw keys at your old TV like my now ex-girlfriend has done. Uh, So then Yuri says, may I ask about the background of that story? Mm -hmm. And then Punk, uh, I'm sorry, Huck said, you know, basically, yeah, same. And then once again, today at about uh, an hour ago, said that Punkhead is still holding out on that story. So maybe we'll get an update on how that transpired at some point, uh, if you will. But uh, that is our Discord. So with that, let me get back to a point where I can see Chris. And we will start doing some things. We're pros. We got food waiting on us. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 382 of Weekly Game Chat. We hope you enjoyed the topic, which was God of War Ragnarok. Uh, thank you to everybody who watches on twitch.tv, but also to anyone who downloads the show. Thank you for leaving a review for us. It helps other folks like yourself find us. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you can do so by sending an email to us, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter at weeklygameschat. And of course, I just mentioned our Discord chat. Woo, that's a, that's a, looking at these fries, that's a lot to say. But what I will say, and I'll look at my buddies, John and Chris, I love you guys to death. Game on to you guys as always. Game on, John, and game on, Chris. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. And thug life. <laughs>